Northern Seminary and the Center for Theological Integrity. This is the pastor's table. Today's church leaders are weary and burnt out from trying to lead in the machine of corporate leadership systems. The pastor's table brings you conversations with local pastors working out deep theological convictions in their churches. Here are your hosts, Reverend Tara Beth Leach and Dr. Mark Quanstrom. Welcome to the pastor's table. We continue today our conversation with Jenny Wong Clayville. And last week we ended on maybe a, a bit of a stirring note. She she gave us this illustration that, um, Mark, we weren't able to shake. I mean, we've talked about no, it, it since a couple of times. We have. Um, an illustration that was very vivid, compelling, stirring, troubling. Um, and what that did was for her, it illustrated what it's like to pastor as an Asian American in primarily white contexts. Yeah. The, yeah. She talked about Asian Americans as being domestic pets in a house favored by the master uh, as long as they behaved. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to be able to forget that. Yeah. And she's giving us help uh, understanding into what it means to pastor as a, a minority ethnicity in this mm-hmm. country. That's right. Which cannot help but be helpful to everyone. Right. Today, uh, she continues that conversation. Uh, she and Tara Beth talk about what it means to be pastors as women, women as pastors. And it is as enlightening and as compelling as last week's. So here we go. I mean, that's not my uh, my parable. Someone else said that, and I'm like, man, that is so good. But it is it is how most of us feel. Um, and so what do you do with that? Wow. And so as someone that is at the table and someone that gets to pour into people, I just try to expose that a little bit more and then have the conversation of, okay, now how do we include that? How do we change that? How do we fix that? How do we remedy that? And I don't know the answer because I am one person and some of the things I've thought of are really terrible ideas. And then some of them are great ideas and they only work for a short time. So we need a whole group of people to sit through and actually make it happen. So that's kind of um, that's kind of the seat that I sit in and what I've noticed in my role. Jenny, I don't know if that answers the question. but No, it, it does. And it's it's so powerful, especially as we think about, you know, we've been talking over the last few episodes about uh, incarnational ministry and how incarnation informs our practice. And with Beth Elker Jones, you know, we talked about how faith is embodied and I think that it's really important for us to think about that as, as you know, as we talk about what it means to be a person of color and a woman um, in a house where you aren't necessarily the one that gets to control the narrative or control the setting or control um, how things play out. And that's important because, and I, I know this for me as, as a woman, you know, when I walk into a space, I'm immediately aware of my body yeah. um, as a pastor because I know that when people see me, um, I don't look like what they normally think. And there are just so many more layers to that for you as a pastor as well. As an Asian American, you're walking into a space, especially like, I mean, 
during the rise of, of Asian hate, you walk into a grocery store and you are aware of that. You're aware. You're on guard a little bit. There's there's some guarding. And as a mom with with two boys, I would imagine yeah. that there's a little bit of mama bear there. There's a, well, there's there some... was a whole year, actually, that my husband did all the grocery shopping because yeah. there was just a lot of things, people yelling oh for me to go back to where I yep. came from. And I'm like, it's really inconvenient for me to hop on a plane to go back to Seattle right now. But thanks for offering that. You know, it just kind of like people... People also, I know this, and I, I don't know whether I should extend this grace or not because I think people should change, but I also know that there's a fear. They're reacting out of a fear, mm -hmm. but we got to address, we have to look at that fear and address it instead of putting it on other people that were created in the image of God, mm. right? Well, every week that I preached during that time, I was looking at the doors because I was waiting for someone to come in and gun us down. Mm. I'm mm -hmm. on the stage. I was just waiting for yep. that. And that is not a good feeling mm -hmm. that you're just not safe. And, and and additionally, I mean, I've gotten more comments, unfortunately, than not, um, especially with older generations, uh, men that have been in Vietnam, men that were in Korean War, whatever, that I am not only sexualized as a female, but now even more so as an Asian female. Mm. And so wow. am I, 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 I go through these lies in my head of like, am I actually doing more harm doing what I'm doing or am I actually doing good? And so like when we talk about the the spectrum that I jump back and forth in on a daily basis of what I think of myself and what I do, those are some of the narratives that are kind of in my head that I need to continually work out and just give over to the Lord. But it is, there are tensions of, of course, and there's, and, and the, and the darker your skin gets, the more tension there is, the more different you look, the more different you are the the harder it gets for you to do actually what God has called you to do. So I think we just need to keep that in mind and embrace the differences. Yeah. So it, okay, so two things real quick, uh, well, whether or not they're real quick or not, two things. <laughs> um, do you feel uh, pressure there, then as an Asian American woman pastor, do you feel more pressure by virtue of you're not being a part of the dominant white culture. Um, I mean, I have heard persons of color speak of the pressure that they are under to represent an entire race in themselves as a person, which I think is so unfair. D do you feel that kind of pressure in your position at the church or does the question make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I don't know if I've ever thought of it as pressure as much as I'm just saddened by it. Saddened by so it. So at National, uh, yeah, a National Community Church, I would say that they have, they have always elevated women in ministry mm -hmm. and they've elevated other ethnicities and races as much as I think that they can in the understanding and the mind that they have. There's no way any white church, this is what I've come to, and I don't blame anybody, but there's no way any white church, unless the leadership is mostly diverse and not mostly white, will they actually understand and start moving in the direction of a beloved community, right. if that makes sense. So Tokenism doesn't work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and. I, I don't blame anyone. I think we're all, I think we're trying. Um, 
but but we're just again not there yet. And so to answer your question, Mark, that pressure, I am just now uh, starting to really face that a little bit more and one like ask myself questions of, is this a pressure or am I avoiding it? I'm very much like I can avoid things that are hard. I'm very good at that. <laughs> but I would say too that um, when we were at the Barna thing, you and me, Terabeth, Joe Jensen spoke incredible life over me. Mm-hmm. I I have said no to many, many things mm-hmm. because I get asked to speak on these very public platforms. And I just say no because I look at the run sheet and I just see all white people. And I think, no, I'm not going to be your quota. And I kind of get this little bitterness in my heart about it. So it's not, first of all, it's not a good posture for me, period. But I almost said no to the Barna thing. And then I showed up and I was like, why me? Because I am not, I'm not Terabeth Leach people. I was not like Glenn Packy and all these people that were in there. Andy Stanley. I'm like, I, I'm just like hanging out here, little me, you know, I'm on version every now and then, but I am called to the local church. And I asked Joe, I'm like, I don't, how did I get here? Why did you ask me to be here? And he just said, because my daughters, Joe is Asian, but my daughters looked at you on version and said, oh my gosh, she looks like us. And I didn't know we could do this. And that was so convicting because mm-hmm. I was running from it. Like I was running from the pressure because mm-hmm. pre- pressure isn't always bad, right? Pressure can be good mm-hmm. too. And I was not living out the call the way that God had called me to. And so I'm still figuring it out, Mark. I don't know the answer yet. I'm not chasing a platform. I have a adversity uh, to platform stuff. I uh, The whole Christian celebrity thing, grosses me out. And I, I got to work mm-hmm. that out with my counselor. I'm not sure. I think I know why, but I also am like, I do have a platform. So what do I do with that? And I want little girls, even not little girls, just people that see themselves, see me in themselves. I want them to see that they are included in the kingdom of God just as much as everybody else. And so I think there's been a shift in this last year of of my posture of how I go about things. And I'm so, yeah, I don't know yet, but that Mm. is a really good question. Reminds me to just keep praying about it, thinking about it. So thanks for that. And uh, I I, I don't know that I need to add this, uh, but um, sometimes in the church, uh, we think our identity in Christ as our primary identity is supposed to dissolve our specific identities, be it gender or ethnicity. Um, but our identity in Christ augments our specific identities. It doesn't erase them. And I don't know if I needed to say that, but I think sometimes in an effort to be community, um, we want to diminish or ignore so the specific, right. the specific identities of persons, but Christ doesn't do that. Mm-mm. Um, Christ affirms his location in each of us in our in ourselves. So the the fullness of Christ is the church in all of its diversity. So Christ doesn't erase the differences. That's right. Christ yeah. sanctifies the differences. Oh, so good. So, <laughs> so good. good. You know, Mark, and I'm I'm just watching you right now, Mark. Like you have been how long sitting in a seat of this, this world is honestly like it's for you, but here you are 
creating space for people that look like me, uh, people that don't look like you to include, to sanctify all of this. And so thank you for that because we still so much need voices of the dominant male white man. We need allies like you to make space for what's to come because it's coming and it could come in in battle and in war and dissension, or it could come in a, an acceptance of peace and goodness and all the fruit of the spirit. And it, 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 I, I just look forward to that day and I'm just grateful for people like you. So thank you. Well, I, I don't know how to respond to that, except this is the work, this is, this <laughs> is the work of the spirit. And the way I kind of illustrate it for a lot of folk is, um, you know, we project our idea of what Jesus is going to look like. And, you know, he's going to be maybe Aryan when we get to heaven. And he's certainly tall and he's probably, you know, probably, you know, he's probably well built. Um, but he's he was a Jewish uh, Semitic. Um, mm -hmm. There's a good chance he's going to look like Danny DeVito as much as he's going to look like Mel Gibson. And I just yeah. I just cannot wait until we see Jesus in the flesh, in the kingdom, and have to accommodate perhaps a bald rabbi who is a little chunky. We're just going to have a hard time worshiping that Lord. I don't know. We need to edit that out there, Chaz. <laughs> but the point is, our, so our, our Christ is not, it doesn't look, is going to be a surprise to us. What he looks yeah. like is not going to be what we're going to imagine him to look like. Um, so I don't know if you want to edit that out or not. I just wanted to, I just want to, I guess I should have just said thank you. Um, I don't know. I didn't, I'm not, I'm following the lead of the spirit. I have to say, that's what I want to say. That the church in its, the church represents the Christ in Christ's fullness in its diversity not in its homogeneity, homogeneity. Yeah. Is that right? But you made a choice. That is right. But Mark, you made a choice okay. to do that. It would have been a lot easier for you just to be like, no, you know, things are good the way they are. So thank um, you. I think, yeah. So I hope we don't edit that out because I think we need to rock the boat. Okay. Just rock it. <laughs> rocking it. So good. So good. Uh, 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 Jenny, you talked to, you know, okay, so you and I met on the set of Barna, of a, a filming that we did. And I remember you were really, I mean, we were both, both you and I were immediately whispering the corners. Why are we here? Why are we invited to this? We were the only women. Well, and yes. Nona, but Nona was like hosting it, right? Yes. It was just, I was like, look at all these men and us. Yes, yes. And we weren't sure, like, we, you know, we're around some of these, you know, other male pastors and we weren't sure. Did What did they think about us being there? Were they okay with interacting with a female pastor? Did they believe? And us and I, I remember you did have this just kind of aversion to, to this celebrity culture. You know, yeah. you said I don't want to write a book. I don't want you know a platform like I, I, I have been trying to run from this, and and yet, um, some of these invitations have been coming, and you do do you version. But one of the things when you and I talk, you often just you talk about your love for local church ministry. That's what it's about mm -hmm. for you. Uh, you love the day in and day out of shepherding the teams that you work with. You love your teams 
and shepherding the people through your preaching and teaching and everyday work. And so you you do hold this this um, I guess tension or reality of these these two things that you do um, with local church pastoring, but then you have a public ministry. And you know I'm I'm curious you know how how you view pastoring through you know you know we could talk a lot about we've talked a lot about local church, but now how do you think about pastoring in this very public way that you're doing that? Uh, I don't. I just don't. Yeah. I, 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 there are people that can't, I have friends that do pastor virtually mm-hmm. and they do it on a big scale and they're amazing at it. That is not my role. That's not my job. Mm-hmm. I, I have been given this platform and I'm thankful for it, but I'm very much called to the local church. When we talk about the incarnation, it is God becoming human, right? And the triune God, we, we think about we talk about God like, oh, yeah, we're made in the image of him. But God, God the Father, and then Jesus, God, and then the Holy Spirit, the triune God is in community with each other all the time. And if we were made in the image of God, then we are made to be in community with each other. And I think with the COVID happening, when it took us out of churches and it took away that face-to-face time mm-hmm. with each other. Yep. In person, that is when everything kind of went downhill emotionally, mental, mm-hmm. mentally, spiritually for us. Mm-hmm. And so now that we're just kind of kicking back into it, um, I'm not saying it's wrong because I think every, you know, everybody in the body has a calling and has a role. It is not mine. If I were to pour out on the virtual community, every single one of them that reach out to me, I would be doing a disservice not only to them but the people that are right in front of me. I am Mm. one person, only one. And what my heart is totally just for is building into my teams, like you said, Tara Beth, my job and what I'm really good at actually is I see a person and I see them for who they are and the differences that make them beautiful and the call that God has put in their lives And I try to resource them specifically the way that they need, not the way I need, but the way they need to release them into the world, to to do their dreams, to live out the calling that God created on them. And I cannot do that in the masses, in the millions. Mm -hmm. I can only do that one at a time. But here's the thing. If I could do it one at a time and my people are like solid in front of me, and then I teach them also to duplicate, then they are doing it. Now we've got, we've got a revival, whatever that word means to you. But we have like movement for kingdom growth. Um, I, I cannot be the end all for everybody. I am not meant to be a celebrity. I, I would make the worst one. I would be canceled in three seconds because I'm like <laughs> two seconds away from being a heretic anyway and just saying the wrong thing. So <laughs> God blessed me and everyone else. And I do, I, it does mean a lot when people reach out to me. Um, and I see some of them, but my my admin catches them for me. She's amazing. And she is so loving. And she herself is a pastor. And like she pastors people. She's not a pastor title, but she just loves on people and hears them out. And then she just hands out the ones that's like, hey, you probably need to respond to this one. But there's just no way. And I wish it was different. But the people in front of me are the people that God has asked me to steward. And I wow. cannot, I cannot ignore that 
and not do that well. Wow. Yeah, that would be a great place. That that is. Thank you for that. Yes. Um, It'd be a great place to end the podcast, but I have to to ask one more question. So your church is in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And that's obviously a specific location. Incarnational Mm -hmm. ministry uh, doesn't only mean embodied ministry. It means ministry in a particular place. So I got to ask you, what is it like to pastor in the capital of the empire? Oh, man. <laughs> he empire. went there. <laughs> the word. <laughs> he went there. <laughs> you heard it from him, it is, not from me. <laughs> it is difficult. It is difficult and a, and a complete privilege. So our our lead pastor, Mark Batterson, is brilliant. Hmm. He he is a man that just spends time on his knees. He prays. I don't know anyone who prays more. Hmm. He is so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I just signed on to that. And he had, I mean, he is a celebrity pastor. He's celebrity for sure. But he is also called to the local church. He has spoken at some things, but he always makes himself yeah, he available it. on the weekend. He absolutely was like, he He's is local. there because he is amazing. Right. He's very much called to the local church, which is why I signed on to, to NCC in the first place. But in the capital, what we've been called to is to hold space in the greatest divide. Hmm. I would say wow. the last six years has be- become more and more obviously divisive. Mm-hmm. Before that, uh, we I remember there were, you know, obviously politically there's the whole, there, there's both aisles, the, the most, mm-hmm. you know, a- across the spectrum. But everybody knew when they come, came to church that it was like, okay, we are the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so you could be sitting on opposite aisles, but we did this together. And there was an understanding of that, that the divide has become more complicated because it's not just political now. And in fact, things that are not political have been made to feel political, right. which is not right. Um, but it has, I mean, the enemy has, well, done a really good job of putting those little seeds of division in there, Right. And so we are called to the Capitol and I technically, I office in the Capitol, but my campus at, you said Noah, but it's Northern Virginia. So it's this whole area, it's called DMV because it's DC, Maryland, Virginia. It's all within like 30 minutes driving. It's just really one Mm -hmm. big space, right? And so, uh, but everybody there, it's like, there's a different tension and a different complication. And so there's always narratives that are coming in and I feel like you just have to be so aware and ready to to just listen. I think so often we are just pushing to be heard. Hear me, hear hmm. me, hear me and I'm right because that qualifies something that's really broken in me. But I think if we practice four principles of peacemaking, the first is we we find the freedom to ask anything. Hmm. <laughs> ask anything. And I don't think we know how to do that well first. Then the second thing is then just shut up and listen well. Hmm. We also don't know how to do that because we want to like rebut immediately, right? And then the third one, to disagree freely. It is okay if we are not on the same page, it's, but the, the goal is not to stay there. It's to seek understanding through le- listening. So ask anything, listen well, disagree, disagree freely. And the last one, this is where the church has failed, is to love regardless. Mm-hmm. We have a really hard time loving when we mm-hmm. think, if we think that if you disagree with me, that immediately it means 
we're not, we can't be friends. Mm -hmm. That's so far from the truth, right? Again, the inclusion narrative is so important. So to answer your question, Mark, uh, I would say DC, there are definitely different tensions. We have people that are incredibly brilliant. The smartest, most brilliant people end up here uh, working as interns and Mm -hmm. they are like magna cum laude of their Mm -hmm. class. You know, these are people that are in, incredible, the greatest mind. How do we steward that? How do we love on them? And it, it, I wouldn't say that it's, it's different just because everywhere we live is different, but it's not harder. It's just different. Hmm. And so it, uh, what people are dealing with in the middle, in middle America or the Pacific Northwest or, uh, you know, the West Coast is everything is different. And we just need to show up as pastors we need to show up and be available and be willing to sit kneecap to kneecap to someone and listen to their story and extend grace in the most graceless situations and and not try to keep climbing whatever platform we see on social media because that's not even real, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I would not say that my job is harder or more glorified. It, it just is DC, the DMV needs Jesus. We all need Jesus. Amen. I think Amen. that is a amazing place to end. Thank you, Jenny. That was, Thank you thanks for, for joining me. us at this table, the pastor's table, where none of us are experts. We are all just trying to work this out with fear and trembling and mm-hmm. make sense of what it means to be called, sent ones, in our context, in our bodies, among a people, and the power of the Spirit under the reign and rule of King Jesus. Come and on. thank you for the call to humility mm-hmm. that was just throughout this whole podcast. Hey, I appreciate that. I hope you guys call me out on it if I ever look like pride starts to seep in because that, that's ugly. Me too. Me too. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Jenny. Thank you for joining us today for a very honest conversation uh, with Jenny Wong Clayville. I am so grateful for Jenny's voice. Um, She helps shape my imagination uh, for what it means to be a pastor uh, as a woman. And so I'm grateful for her friendship and her leadership and her love and vision for the church. And next week um, will not disappoint. We welcome J.Y. Kim, who is a pastor on the West Coast at Westgate Church, and Jay is gonna gonna share with us some of his convictions of of this embodied ministry, of this incarnational ministry, especially in a digital um, content delivery demanding kind of world. And what does that what does that look like? So, friends, we hope that you'll extend the conversation. If this if this episode blessed you, uh, we think. The next one will as well. So there's two ways um, that we invite you to further the conversation. Number one, you can share this episode. Share it with a friend. Uh, Send it to a pastor that needs encouragement today. And number two, subscribe. That way you don't miss out on some of our our coming episodes. And also, did you know that you can join the conversation by going to thepastorstable.com where you can work this out with us. Uh, We hope that you'll join us. And until next time. Truly, may you be blessed as you serve faithfully in what is the gift of ministry that God has granted you.